a shocking night in Chicago. Our James K was there to take us through the first big upset in the WNBA playoffs. Locked on women's basketball starts now. You are locked on women's basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Well, hi, everybody, and happy Thursday to you. I am Howard Magdal, host, founder, and editor of The Next uh, Women's Basketball Newsroom. Of course, longtime host of Locked On Women's Basketball, your first listen. Every day, uh, we cover the world of women's basketball all the time. Uh, You can listen to us by subscribing anywhere you get your podcasts or over at YouTube. And you can support the work being done at thenexthoops.com. It's $9 a month, $72 a year. We even have a Jackie Young autograph card giveaway right now you can take advantage of. But make sure you are supporting the work because people like James Kay, who joins me, now, uh, James does incredible work covering the sky for us at The Next. Uh, he has the Skyhook podcast, of course. You've seen him lots of different places. You should see him in lots of more places in the years to come. Uh, James, where you could see you last night was at Wintrust Arena, and I can't imagine it went the way you expected it would. Game one, the Chicago Sky certainly heavily favored and come in and lose. To the road team, the seven seed, the New York Liberty, 98-91. So just, just initial thoughts. Yeah, you know, I think that the New York Liberty were definitely underestimated heading into this series. What they were able to do yesterday, score 98 points against Chicago, which just has one of the most active front courts in the league. You know, Courtney Vandersloot over the last few years has really turned herself into a solid perimeter defender despite what maybe the public perception of her defense might be. And it was, I mean, New York just came to play. That's honestly, not even just bringing up the stats or anything. New York just came to play. They pushed back against the reigning champs in their home. And it was just something that even from tip off, they were ready to go. And you got to credit Sandy Brondello and the coaching staff for having them be as prepared as they were to take on the reigning champs. So we're going to be talking about, obviously, individual matchups and the way in which those have to develop and change over the next game or two for Chicago mm-hmm. to win. We're going to get into the telling final three minutes and 32 seconds and just talking more generally about what this all means for the Chicago Sky and how important this series in particular is to the future of the franchise. So where I want to start is by talking about where – the Liberty managed to win individual matchups. And I, I, I don't think we can go any further without talking about Stephanie Dolson, who at this time last year was helping to lead the Chicago Sky to a championship, something she does just about everywhere she goes. But Stephanie Dolson was absolutely wonderful last night. 32 minutes played, 13 points, seven rebounds, three assists and a block. What did you see from Steph and how surprising was it to see her succeed to the extent she did against the Chicago Sky team? 
Yes, you know, Steph is someone who's familiar with this team, obviously, given that she played with them since, what, I think 2017. So, yeah, I mean, this was a perfect game for Steph Dolson. The the officials really let this one be very physical, and Steph is always going to benefit when there's a lot – like when she's allowed to be a bruiser out there. And there – I mean, she set some screens that were really hard, and – they weren't. They set the tone early on that this was going to be a physical game, and Steph is just going to thrive in those moments, like we've seen previously in Chicago. So, yeah, I mean, she's someone that spaces the floor for you. Um, you can see that. To me, the biggest person in the front court that stepped up was Natasha Howard. After she really struggled against the Sky in the first four games in the regular season, so you know, Steph, when she's able to space the floor like that, and then and the Liberty are able to run. You know, they're one of the best pick and roll teams in the league. And Natasha Howard is able to attract help and then find someone like Steph Dolson or Maureen Johannes or Sabrina or Sabrina Inescu. Like it just opens up the floor. So Steph had a, a nice game. And um, this is what the Liberty wanted when they signed her back in yeah. this past, uh, past off season. So when I was mm-hmm. talking to Natasha Howard, and Steph Dolson on media day back at the start of the season. And there was the two of them going together. The conversation was, and I had specifically asked them, how do the two of you think your skill sets overlap? And they both were very optimistic about it. That has been at times an imperfect fit this season, but you cannot argue with what happened last night. It is a combined 35 points and 14 rebounds. And so when you talk about Natasha Howard, somebody who came to the Liberty before last season with the idea of becoming a frontline player. She has been, she was a vital cog in those Seattle storm teams that won. She was essentially the Azrae Stevens of the Minnesota Lynx when the Minnesota Lynx won back in 2017. But now she is one of their elite options. Uh, They may not even be here without Natasha Howard hitting a three in the final minute of that game on Sunday against the Atlanta dream. For her to have the game she had was significant. And again, it, it kind of blows my mind. She, you could argue, outplayed Candace Parker last night. Yeah. So, I mean, she was I – mean, Zinni Brundello, Brundello described Natasha Howard before the game as the defensive anchor of this team. And that obviously was shown yesterday. I mean, this guy still scored 50 points in the paint. Like, what's – you know, what's not – I wouldn't necessarily say the Liberty – shut down the sky. I mean, I know they went, they yeah, went so it wasn't one sided. That's for sure. There's more but, that they were able to hold their own with something that the sky did well enough to win a championship last year. Absolutely. And Natasha Howard was in the center of that. She was finishing around the rim, which was something that she had struggled with a little bit in those four games against Chicago in the regular season. So yeah, Natasha Howard can't say enough good things about what, how, what her performance last night, because the Liberty are going to need two more or at least one more performance like that um, for the rest of this series. And it's, you know, one of the things I just want to say at the top of this too, Sabrina Inescu was just like, she said that the message to the team was why not us. Mm-hmm. And that to me, like when I think about someone like Natasha Howard stepping up, someone like Maureen Johannes, like who, my God, the last seven minutes of play from her were just tremendous. I mean, there's, there's just a lot of good energy in New York right now. And, um, you know, I think having a bounce back game for Natasha Howard 
while also integrating Benigel Laney against the sky. I mean, those were just such, such important pieces to this game. So there's multiple parts to that. And I want to get to them each in turn, uh, both what Sabrina did, what Benigel did, and critically what Marine Johannes did. And they don't win this game without Marines, 27 minutes, eight points and seven assists. But just on the interior and just when we're talking about the bids here, Emma Mieseman, who is somebody who is obviously no stranger to big playoff performances, seemed like they really took her out of her game. And four points on two of seven shooting. When you think about what Chicago needs to do better in game two, is it simply a question of, of Emma doing more? Is it a question of relying even more on Azure Stevens, who was as effective as anyone on the floor yesterday with 16 points on eight shots in 24 minutes? How, how do you think the sky go about countering what happened last night? I think it's more about adjusting the schemes than it is about like Emma needs to take more shots or Azure needs to get more minutes. When you have an offense like this that is so team before me that there's going to just be players in the starting lineup that aren't going to get 10 shots um, on a given night. So Emma missed some open shots, but so did the rest of the sky. I mean, they, what, they went seven for 25 from beyond the arc. And just going back and watching the fourth quarter today, they just missed a lot of open looks that they haven't been making all season, honestly. Like, it's something that I know that the team doesn't identify as a three-point shooting team, but shooting 28% from beyond the arc is just not going to cut it in a playoff game. So when it comes to Emma, I think that she just has to, I mean, I understand why James Wade went back to her after as Ray Stevens had a really nice offensive game and defensive game. Um, I understand like, okay, you put your, you know, the former 2019 finals MVP out on the floor in combiner with Candace Parker. Like I understand that idea, but Ezra had the hot hand and you saw James Wade actually go back to Ezra Stevens pretty quickly. Um, it just wasn't working with Emma in the lineup, but I don't mind that move by James Wade either by keeping her out there. It's just going to be, it was just one of those nights for her. She's been a top 10 player in the WNBA this year. And I know that's probably a controversial take, but if you look at the advanced data, she's been one of the best 10 players in the WNBA this year. Uh she was on my all WNBA first team, not yeah. my second, team, my first team. I, I think she belongs there, both ends of the floor. Um, you have in part convinced me of it uh, with the work you've done over the next. Which um, it, and, and by the way, it's a no brainer. Uh, Azra Stevens, you're going to get paid this offseason. Uh, I want to talk about another no brainer, and that is don't drive drunk people. Uh, if you're hanging out with friends and putting back a few drinks, a few becomes too many. Maybe you're thinking of calling for a ride, but then you say, oh, no, you know, make it home okay. It's no big deal. Here's what's going to happen. Your insurance could go up. You could lose your license. You could lose your job. You could total your car. And most significantly to me, you could kill someone. Everyone knows the risks about driving drunk, and the results are tragic and often deadly. That doesn't stop everybody from getting behind the wheel under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, you're not. Play it safe. Plan ahead. Get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's or end both of them forever. Drive sober. 
or get pulled over. And people, again, just, it's the Uber app. It's not that difficult. It's a Lyft app. It's calling a taxi company. Just do it. Do not drive drunk. I don't want anybody who listens to Lockdown Women's Basketball driving drunk. So getting back to less serious, but still more significant parts of what we were talking about, and that is the backcourts. Sabrina Ionescu last night, it isn't just that she played 37 minutes. It isn't just that she was productive. It was that she was productive without overreaching what she needed to do. It was such an efficient game. You know, to score 22 points, seven rebounds, six assists, two steals, significant, right? But to do it on 12 attempts from the field, this was the Sabrina you want. Now, part of why is the Sabrina you want is because she's now surrounded with people who were also doing what was necessary. So she didn't have to take 25 shots. She didn't have to try and win this game all by herself. Uh, but the maturity down the stretch when the Liberty were behind to stay within herself were the things that really stayed with me as much as rising to the moment. I'm curious what you saw in person, the Sabrina experience. I said it on playback yesterday. I'm, I'm going to say it again here. She just had that look like there's no way we're going to lose this game. And I do think this guy shot themselves in the foot to a certain degree. But her scoring 10 points in the fourth quarter, it was hitting from beyond like a contested shot from, I believe it was the right wing. And she had a shot from, I think it was the elbow. And then she finishes at the rim and she scored at all three levels to keep her team in the game. And she started off the game just trying to get everybody involved. But then it was clear, like, you know what, this is going to be a game where Sabrina needs to step up and score a little bit. And, um, she was just, she had this game in her palms. Um, and it was just one of those. I'm, I know that like 22, seven and six, like that's a really good stat line. It's probably not like the greatest WNBA playoff performance we've ever seen. But in terms of steadiness and just her having complete command of the offense and the game, honestly, especially in that fourth quarter, it was something else to watch something like that. I mean, I haven't felt that way about a lot of performances like I think that Courtney Vandersloot last year against the sun when she had that uh, triple double in game one of the semifinals, I was like, this is the, the most complete play like point guard performance I've seen in the playoffs from covering the mm -hmm. WNBA. And I just had that feeling again last night with Sabrina. I mean, she's incredible. But the difference is Courtney Vandersloot was 32 years old last year yeah. when she did it. Yeah. and was a decade-long veteran in this league. Sabrina Inescu has played 69 regular season games and is 24 years old. And so for her to be doing this now, uh, the, the one it reminds me of in terms of career arc, in terms of the narrative, is Sue Bird, uh, who was a 20, uh, 2002 draft pick and then led her Seattle Storm team to the 2004 title with transcendent performances in year three. Of course, Sue Bird had Lauren Jackson along for the ride. And while there's a lot of talent on this Liberty team, as we saw last night, as we've talked about already, they don't have a Lauren Jackson type player. They may get a Lauren Jackson type player this off season in free agency, <laughs> but they don't have that player yet. She still plays for the Seattle Storm. So for me, 
for Sabrina to do this as a true leader among her team, I, you know, Jackie Powell's written great pieces uh, all year about the Liberty, but maybe her best was about how Sabrina has become a leader for this team. She did. She, like you said, she controlled this game in a way that was remarkable. And again, the comparison I made from Maureen Johannes uh, is that she is allowing Sabrina to be exactly what she needs to be. Uh, it reminds me a lot of what Maite Cazorla did at Oregon next to Sabrina. Uh, and, and Maureen had eight points, seven assists, allows Sabrina to operate with the ball, off the ball, uh, you know, to be fully herself. But that, what was the reaction in the arena when Maureen Johannes, and I assume if you haven't seen it, go find it on social media, had the no look over her head pass in order uh, to uh, absolutely, I would say, devastate the sky down the stretch. Howard, I would give you that answer if I wasn't so aghast in the moment <laughs> myself. I literally gasped. I looked to Andy Costable next to me, and I'm like, did we just see that? Like, it was unbelievable. I'm, I'm pretty sure the, the crowd went crazy for it as well. And that honestly was like I'm a huge momentum shift. Even It was just a, a fancy play, obviously. I think one thing I noticed on the replay, too, was just the sky were just not in position defensively at all. Like, there was a miscommunication between Candace Parker and someone else to guard Natasha Howard. To me, that was like kind of – indicative of what was going to come defensively for the sky after that. Um, but, oh, my God, that pass. I mean, I've, I've watched it 20 times, and I'm probably going to watch it 20 more times after this podcast. Yeah. Um, one of the best passes I've ever seen live. <laughs> Simply remarkable. The Statue of Liberty comes through once again. I call Marine Johannes the Statue of Liberty because <laughs> she is from France and a gift to the United States. So that is – Oh, that's great. It's so nice. Wow. The Statue – of liberty, we're gonna. I've been saying it before, but I'm gonna have to say it more and more. Uh, people are trying to give her other nicknames, and this has to be her nickname. So we're, we will use the power of the press as much as we possibly can. Again, the other thing that is striking to me, and we talked a little bit about this, is a big old DNP in front of Dana Evans, uh, nine minutes from Julie Alamond. But effectively, you were talking about a team with seven players playing significant minutes last night for Chicago. Uh, Alex Simon of Bay Area News Group talked about that your depth is only as good as your ability and willingness to use it in the playoffs. Do you think that James Wade shortened his bench too much in that one last night? No, because offense wasn't the issue until the 332 mark. And mm -hmm. unless Crystal Dangerfield is out there, who is Dana Evans really going to be able to guard effectively for 10 to 15 minutes? I mean, Marie, I mean, Marine is taller than Dana. Sabrina is a physical guard who, again, when you're facing someone who's 5'5", five, 5'6", five, five, that's probably you're not going to have a high success rate. I mean, Sammy Whitcomb, too, I know she only played 12 minutes, but I don't really understand the, the matchup with that one necessarily. And when the offense was awry, Again, it came to in the last three and a half minutes of the game. I don't think it would have made sense to take Courtney Vandersloot and Allie Quigley out of the game uh, to, to get some offense out of Dana, um, especially when Allie Quigley it was, did have a nice offensive game. Um, you know, she did struggle a little bit in the fourth quarter, but 
Yeah, I think that I knew I understand that people really want to see Dana Evans out there. I do. Um, I know that Julie Alleman defensively sometimes has had some performances that she probably wish she could have had back. But mm-hmm. I do think that she, again, when Julie Alleman is on the floor, she's just creating for her teammates. And Dana, I, I think that she has such high potential. I do think she's more of a heat check person that really fits the mold of a regular season point guard for this specific Chicago Sky team and someone that's going to be able to give you 15 points off the bench in a playoff game when, again, you're facing just more physicality. And, again, like I don't really think that James Way did anything wrong in uh, keeping Vanderquigs and Rebecca Gardner like, on the floor and Kalia Copper. Um, it's a formula that's worked this season, and I don't necessarily think that Dana was going to be the person to change this game. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm reluctant to second-guess James Wade uh, in light of the success he's had. You know, leave aside the fact that uh, I, I think he understands his team as well as any coach in the league. So uh, I, I'm I'm hard-pressed to do so. Of course, it's a results-oriented business. So I'm not surprised that you're seeing some frustration, obviously, from Chicago Sky fans. I, I, I wouldn't have bet that most of these things would happen. But if I had wanted to, I could have gone to betonline.net which is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. And when I say all, I don't just mean men's sports. Uh, You can go right now and you can place a wager on Chicago Sky, New York Liberty in game two on Saturday. I also have tonight's games, Connecticut versus Dallas and Seattle versus Washington. And that's something I really appreciate about betonline.net is that it's not a place where you bet on men's sports. It's a place that you bet on all sports. I'm not a wagerer myself, but I recognize the need for there to be equality. And so I am delighted to see BetOnline being the top online resource for all your sports wagering information. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening. BetOnline, where the game starts. So let's just use that as a jumping off point if we can. The Chicago Sky are eight and a half point favorites on Saturday. Eight and a half point favorites to send the series back to New York. What do you think is going to happen on Saturday? And do you think eight and a half is too big considering these teams now, four games in, three regular season, along with uh, the one last night, have played all single-digit games, and we are at a split, 2-2 between them. Eight and a half just seems high because for some reason, I just can't think of so many games which this guy won a game by nine-plus points. I mean, they do keep things interesting. Um, I do think they bounce back, though. Emma Mieseman does not have these type of performances. She, The thing that – it's not the scoring that stuck out to me. It's that she had zero assists last night. And one of her best qualities is someone she can facilitate as a second. I mean, she can be a secondary facilitator for you. She gets, she finds her teammates cutting to the basket when she's in, in the high post. She's someone that flash cuts better than any player in the WNBA just because of how intelligent she is. I think that we're going to see a better performance out of Emma Mieseman. And I think that could impact Natasha Howard. I mean, again, Emma played – Natasha Howard so brilliantly in the last regular season game against New York. And she frustrated Natasha Howard in a way that she really wasn't able to do last night. And if I had to bet one of those two things being repeated, I would bet that 
Natasha Howard is going to struggle on Saturday against Emma Mieseman. Um But again, adding Benajah Laney is this thing that changes this entire equation that I'm going to try not to lean on the regular season data and games which I've watched all four of. And um, when you don't have Benajah Laney, I mean, that just changes everything for New York and the spacing that they were able to take advantage of last night. So vital. And even more than Laney being there was Laney being herself was, I thought, so significant. She's yes. somebody who will hit tough twos. She is someone whose physicality um, is paramount. Uh, it's going to be fascinating. I, I do. I think it's going back to New York. Uh, I have thought that this series was going to go three since the start. And uh, the final 332, though, uh, was a real eye-opener. I, I really thought the advantage was this is a Sky team who understand who understands how to close. And my goodness, uh, they did not uh, experience kind of went out the window there. Um, I, 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 I just before we finish up, just that final 332 as it's happening, just you're assuming they pull out of that. Right. I mean, you know, how shocking was that to you as somebody who's seen this team up close all year? Yeah, I mean, there would be, I think as Ray Stevens used the word, like they kind of panicked a little bit in the last 332, which you wouldn't expect from a championship team and the rating champs, obviously it's a new group, but yeah, I, I knew things were starting to fall apart with when their shot selection just was so off last night. I mean, they had a lot of quick threes and that's been something we've seen from the sky this year where they get the game to like six points, but then they take threes really early in the shot clock that even if they're open, they just, they haven't hit at the highest clip from there. I mean, in losses, they shoot, I think 26.6% from three. And then in wins, they shoot, I think like 36% from beyond the arc. And um, last night they shot 28%. And you can see some of those quick shots getting up and it just felt like the offense was a little bit frantic when New York buckled down and played really disciplined basketball on the other end. So I do think the sky bounced back, though. I'm, I I have a hard time imagining that this is going to be 0-2 when they do thrive with their backs against the wall, and now they find themselves back in that position. That they do. And in front of the home crowd, uh, it's going to be rocking there on Saturday. If you're in the area, obviously don't miss it. Um, I, before we go, you know, I want to thank our listeners for making Lockdown Women's Basketball your first listen every day. And obviously, you know, the Chicago sky here in that town and uh, before that, of course, most famously, the Chicago hustle of the WBL. But James threw out, <laughs> crazy, uh, last night, an obscure comp with Sabrina. Uh, mentioned uh, a player named Michael Jordan, he said, who was playing. Uh, uh, in the- I thought you were talking about Wade. No, no, I, I, I did. Uh, no, the, the first, no offense to James Wade, but the first Chicago James in our heart is James K, of course. And so, uh, you know. Did a little looking, and it turns out Jordan uh, played professional basketball. Um, he wasn't just a, just an amateur player uh, in the city of Chicago uh, for a team called the Chicago Bulls. Um, they are in uh, the National Basketball Association. And so what's amazing about it, now Locked On just goes to such steps. Locked On has a show called Locked On NBA. So for your second listen every day after Locked On Women's Basketball, get up to date on the latest news and rumors in the NBA in just 30 minutes at Locked On NBA. That's that's right. The lead that existed in Michael Jordan's time is still around. 
Um, it, is there, do Bulls players tend to come out to Chicago Sky games? Is that something that you see happen to kind of piggyback on the success of the, you know, the, the primary basketball team in the city? No, the Bulls do show out. They've been great about that. They've been very supportive of the Sky. Um, I'm a little bit past them getting highlighted for multiple minutes on the Jumbotron during the games, but, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, unless that's reciprocated the other way. But, yeah, no, it's been awesome seeing the Bulls support the Sky, especially over the last two and a half, three years. You shouldn't begrudge them that. I mean, people need to know that, I guess, there's men's basketball, too. And so I'm, I'm, I'm glad they can get kind of a brief moment of spotlight um, in the shadow of the defending champion Chicago Sky. It's got to be very hard, although presumably I haven't paid attention. The, the Bulls have probably they've won a championship, too, pretty recently. Right. Uh, last year, year before. Or is it, you know, I am not that acclimated with them anymore. I mean, it, I'm glad that you're right, Howard. They do need more eyeballs on the sport, but um, in the league, but. No, I have to go back and check, but I do think that uh, they probably won a couple. Who knows? Let's see, but it, can, it can have been since 1998. That would be that would absurd. be embarrassing. Hour. That would be pretty yeah, embarrassing. Hour. Hour. So we'll look into that. Well, I'm sure the of NBA guys could probably tell us. Well, James K, thank you so much, obviously, for all your insight. Really excited to read your piece about this as well. Of course, you can all read it at thenexthoops.com. James will be there on Saturday. And uh, I'm sure we'll be talking about this team. This team is always fascinating. Uh, it's it's going to be a fun one. And make sure you tune in tomorrow. Uh, the great Alex Simon will take you to close out the week uh, with Jacqueline LeBlanc, our incredible Connecticut Sun beat reporter as well. And uh, lots, lots more to come. We are just getting started here at Lockdown Loons Basketball Uh, with the playoffs. Until tomorrow, I am Howard Megdahl, wishing you a wonderful day. You are Locked On Women's Basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.